Rewinding. Rewinding Kaya FM on FM Rewind. My Money and Me with Sumitra Naidu on the home of the Afropolitan. Welcome back. My next guest is Mayemu Lambani and um, she's a young entrepreneur from a small village called Haravela in Limpopo. At age 20, Lambani started her own digital marketing agency called Fearless Trends to help businesses in rural areas, actually help them thrive. Um, the 22-year-old, well, she's now 22, um, she did not let the struggles of growing up in a village stop her from achieving her goals. Lambani graduated with a qualification in business management before launching her own dishwashing liquid called Spotless. Mayemu, a very good evening to you. Thanks so much for joining me. Good evening to you and the listeners and thank you so much for inviting me. Congratulations. You know, we were actually talking about this uh, Spotless. I mean, it's, uh, it's, I, I, looked at, I looked at the pictures of this dishwashing liquid on the on the shelves and it's up there with all the well-known brands that we've been using for years and i think that's such an amazing feat Mm. so congratulations on that but tell me mayemu tell me how you started you are very young am i right you started at 20 and you're now 22 no Um, thank you so much i'm 23 now okay that's not far off (laughs) <laughs> I'm turning 24 in a few weeks. I just keep saying 23 because I hate getting old. <laughs> <laughs> Look, um, anything in the 20s, I mean, I actually think that, you know, age is just a number, but it's it's very young. I mean, to start a full business, I mean, it's not easy to run a business. Tell me how you got started, how, and, and, and your business is actually to help other businesses. Um. So, um, Spotless just came, like it was just a spur of the moment thing. The one thing that I was extremely passionate about is the digital space, which is why I started Fearless Train, mm-hmm. my first business, a digital marketing agency. And I had this big vision of transforming small businesses in rural Nipopo, um, help them compete with bigger brands just from using social media. So um, that went very quickly. I won, um, I was finalized as an Archbishop Prize um entrepreneur in twenty seventeen and that sort of like sped up the growth process for the business. I ended up moving to Joburg so I could service my new clients day from there. And I think within six months everything just came crumbling down. There was a huge shift in the digital space mm-hmm. where companies were now comfortable with hiring a digital person internally instead of outsourcing the service to someone else. So I had no money, and that is, and I, I, really, I was very sure that I didn't want to go back into the job market. So what I wanted to do was to continue being an entrepreneur. I started thinking. My mom advised that maybe I should just start selling cleaning products. So I decided that okay, I'm gonna launch a brand of my own. I remember getting on my laptop that evening and just doodling around, trying to come up with what it's gonna look like, what the mm. name is gonna be, and that is really how it was born. But, I mean, apart from just what the name is going to be, I mean, the science of it, I mean, how did you actually come up with the Yeah, liquid? so there's a lot of, uh, if we make use of the internet before we do anything at all, there's a lot of information on the internet. And if you take from what's from the internet and you, you develop it and you work further from that, you can come up with something. Because the basic formulation of the product came from a basic science 
experiment, lab experiment I found on YouTube. Mm-hmm. And I went and got the raw ingredients and I tested that and I found it was not that great of quality. Then I started researching what each one of those ingredients did. So do I want it to be thicker? It means I need to put more of this. Do I want it to be more foamy? Then I should put more of this. So it was just something that I think it probably took me like a month coming up with the actual formulation the basic one because we're still developing even today we still work if we hear that a customer is unhappy and they want it to be a certain way we try to look back and see is is this something that we can do is it within our production um price range do can we so we're still developing it but the basic basic outline and formulation came from the internet it wasn't i'm not a science student you know mm. I just yeah so i'm telling you, know, you this internet is I mean, you know, the amount of information is that's available there. But I must tell you, I've never in my life watched so many videos on how to make slime. My my on, my ten year old is so <laughs> fascinated. And when I look at some of these videos, like you know, like ten million views and twenty million views, I mean, like so many people in the world want to know how to make slime. Yeah. So some some people actually who start a slime making business from the information that they just get from the internet. So this is very impressive. I want to I want to take you back a little bit. I mean, so you so you actually started making it um, and then how did you go about getting it into the stores? And obviously, I mean, I'm I'm sure you've got an SABS approved label on it. No, we don't have an SABS approval stamp yet. Yeah, which is why we're not in the big like retail supermarkets Mm -hmm. so what we did um in order to sort of like get our feet in the ground because with fast moving customer goods you need like to move and 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 get into as many households as possible before you can sort of expand and that type of thing so what we did is that we started manufacturing using a 50 liter drum and what we'll do with that stock after we finished wrapping it up, we'll just go to the small supermarket, started in Pretoria. We'll just go and approach the owners and say, this is our product, we believe it's amazing. Put it on your shelves. And we'll try it out now while we're still here. We'll give you a discount. It was just a conversation where we really had to convince the owners that this is something that is worth it. And when they see that people like it and people are coming back for it, that's when they say, okay, we're going to have more, we're going to have more. So it's really just a conversation of walking in and talking to someone and convincing them. Just because at the moment we don't have an SABS approval stamp, mm. you know, it's really just what the customer is saying about the product at the end of the day. So the first conversation is me and the owner, and then it's the customer who will speak for the brand, will advocate for it that I've used it and I like it. Please bring it into the store again. I mean, that's very brave of you to actually go ahead and do this because, you know, if you're starting a business, people think that, you know, I have to register the business, there's paperwork there, we would need to pay for licenses, we'd have to go to SABS. You just went out and you did it. I mean, this is important for other listeners to uh, to understand that you can still do it and then make sure. What else do you need to do now in order to go and get that uh, uh, SABS stamp? Um, we just need capital, I think, uh, because we need to, in order for us to get an SABS approval stamp, we need to be in a certain type of space, mm-hmm. producing in a certain type of environment. So it's just that, and we're working on that, on getting that capital and being in a space that 
can be approved that our product is being manufactured here and these are the the sort of like the rules that are and regulations that are being followed through with and we'll go after that i think the most important part for us before we could even look for any stems and trying to get into the big shelves was to make sure that the basic person has had an experience and they know the product and they've had a they've launched a relationship with it but if in the next five six months they find it on the shelf they know what it is and they want to buy it because it doesn't help getting out there when no one knows mm. you are, no one has tried the product yeah so it's a very strategic thing that we both put out and I think it'll, it'll go well we hope. It's very important your you you know your pilot phase you need to understand whether yeah. you know what's wrong with it whether you need to and adjust Yeah product. exactly so yeah my worry was putting a product out there that is not actually good enough you know you, you're now on the shelves and now you've made a name for yourself as this bread that is mediocre so it's better if you try and testing and people are telling you this is the mm-hmm. um, the, 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 the fault or the you know the problem we have with the dishwashing liquid, please improve on it, you know. Yeah. So, so yeah. what has the feedback been like so far? Uh, people, are, at the very beginning, like at the very, because we, we, t- we started it out when we went to Victoria, we would gift some of our friends. I remember at some point, a friend of ours bought like 12, and then she put them in her pantry. So she said, over time, because they were exposed to the sunlight, they started turning blue. You. you know, so we had to find out what that problem was and, and fix it. So some friends would say that if it, it's not for me now. So we, there's a lot of problems about quality that we, we encountered at the very beginning in 2018. And those problems have been rectified. So right now we have a very great quality product that people always speak about and they're very proud of, which is why we had even... Um, we have started penetrating the, 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 the Limpopo market. We over a hundred supermarkets in the uh, Bambi district, the small spaza shop and the small Indian-owned shops in the Bambi district. So that is we are impressive. Now, yeah, we're quite confident in what we we're selling, and yeah, and that's why we we now just ready to move it to as many places as possible because we know this product works, the people love it, and we just can't wait for everyone to start using it. So, so you you put it out on the shelves. You got the feedback. You corrected the product, and mm-hmm. you've put it out now. Is there nothing else that you need to do now? You just really need to grow your manufacturing plant. Yeah, I think the next step right now is just to introduce more products because the one problem that, or the one thing that we always hear from our. Um, redistributors but when you go and you only have the dishwashing liquid or when people like the dishwashing liquid they actually say what else do you have mm. do you have washing powder do you have uh fabrics of you know what other cleaning products do you have do, do you have so now we've got like basic formulation of other products to expand our range you know, to add on to our product line um but we need those are what we need to perfect because now we can't use the same strategy we used for the dishwashing liquid way we actually took it into the market and waited for feedback. So now we have to do a lot of testing internally and maybe letting uh, our close friends and families test it before we actually put it out because now Spotless is a known brand and if we're taking out something of mediocre quality, then that is how we're going to be losing a lot of um, customers. And where where did you, I mean, how did you get the, when you talk about the branding and the stickers, because I've seen the labels, they're very nice, very yeah. professional. Um, mm-hmm. It's really, you know, when I looked at it on the shelf, it's really competing. It's really, you know, <laughs> it's you. not, it's not looking like, you know, oh, this is a shabby 
yeah. kind of product. It's really looking good. But then how did you, where did the money come from? What kind of investment did you need to put into it? I mean, labeling is so expensive on its um, own. So I'll tell you a very interesting story about what happened with the labeling. Mm. So because I was doing digital marketing before, I actually felt like I could do the, the labeling myself. So I did a label, which um, I put out and I said, people, this is what I'm, I'm doing. This is my new product or whatever. And then this one guy came into my inbox. His name is Huritanimshi. And he came into my inbox and said, your logo is so ugly. <laughs> and I was so offended. And then he says, I'm going to, I'm like, well, can you do something better because he's a graphic designer and he's like, yeah, I'm going to do it for you. Then that's, he just did what you see with Spotless. He's amazing. So I didn't even have to pay for pay him for that wow. logo immediately. So that is really just one of those things that just happened. You know, so, yeah, and I think the, 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 our, our graphic work is what makes Spotless everything mm. it is because the, the, the color, it's colorful and it's inviting and it, it really does compete when it's standing against the other brands on the, on the shelf. It was, I mean, you know, sometimes picking a name can take so long as well. Obviously, you know, um, uh, I, I think the name is great as well. And it's something that rings. It stays there. Yeah. So yeah, I think the name just came and it stuck. You know, it worked. Because I, I had like other things like sparkle and whatever. And then I made my friends help me decide. And they helped me decide. And the spotless was the one. So yeah. So tell me now, how long did this entire process, from the time you started uh, researching on the internet, and uh, you know, um, looking at how to actually do, you know, becoming a scientist overnight and making the <laughs> actual dishwashing liquid? How long did it take you? I mean, from the time you started to where you are now? Oh, I, I, like I, I like I can't even put a time to it because mm-hmm. it's been two years. It's been just over two years because I started in okay. twenty eighteen. It's been over two years now, almost two years, I think. And I'm still learning so much every day about the business and the and the industry. So it, it's something that is ongoing. One because I feel like six months into the business, after I started researching, I thought like, yeah, now I'm ready to be a millionaire. I can make money from this product. Only to realize you're not even close. <laughs> so I think it's just an ongoing process. What even is- right? Yeah. I mean, apart from the, I mean, I, I know you need more investment, you need more capital to grow this business and take it further. But what has been, uh, other than that, what has been the most challenging part for you in terms of getting this business operational, getting it off the ground? I think working relationships, mm. you know, getting to work with the right people. Because at this, at where I'm standing, I'm just like, this my material, this girl who has this idea really with Spotless is just my idea because I don't have the money to put in. And all I want is for it to flourish and for it to generate lots of income and for it to penetrate the general, like the the, the, the African market. Mm-hmm. So it's very easy to get into working relationships that don't serve you because you're very desperate for it to work. So I think just choosing the right people to work with has been the most difficult thing. Do you understand? So, yeah. um, especially when you're a young female, there's just a lot happening around you and everyone is just pulling you from one side and mm. the other person is pulling you to the other side. So I think just, because um, one thing that I think is important or is something that I should have had from the very beginning is mentorship, like very close mentorship from people, maybe someone who has walked in my shoes before yeah. or started the business young and they need investment. Because making these decisions on your own is very difficult because as young as I am, I might not see the 
the, the, the future of sports in 10 years in terms of the money thing, like what, what it will look like in terms of the money. Yeah. Um, and if someone comes and convinces me that I don't, because I've, I've had someone tell me that I don't actually think your business is worth that much. So let me just have so much percentage of your business. And I'll, do you understand? Mm. It's, it's, it's very uh, disheartening conversations, very manipulative conversations that have yeah. to in different working relationships. And yeah, I think that's right. If you if you think things about with someone you're trying to work with, and you feel like it's everything that you could have didn't work out you now scared to get into other yeah. yeah you can never really get it right oh you have to keep your wits about you and i think you're doing that so far i mean do you do you employ anybody are you doing all all of this on your own yeah, no, we, we we don't employ directly. At the moment, we don't own a factory of our own. We outsource the manufacturing process to someone else. Well, we're there present when the manufacturing is taking place because so so to process formula. Uh, but we're using the interest of that specific manufacturing company. So we don't directly employ people ourselves. Well, I don't know. Oh, we employ two people. Sorry, we distributors in housing. So we deliver a lot of stuff with them. And um, they like our collection points, and people that people and books from them. Oh, we're losing this line, but luckily we've 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 completed our time with you. Thank you so much, Mayamu, for joining me, and I wish you all the luck. And I and uh, you know I I'm hoping to see uh, Spotless in the shelves in one of the big retail stores, um, you know, like a Pick and Pay or a Checkers. Um, but for now, good luck, and uh, let's hope you grow that business um, to one day get it closer to us. Mayamu Lambani uh, was joining me there. She is uh, the founder of Spotless and hopefully you'll see it on your shelves near you soon as well. Coming up next, we are talking to Tsepo Ramapakela is one of the founders of Burnt Onion Productions. Rewinding, Rewinding Kaya FM on FM Rewind. Visit kayafm.co.za for more.